God bless you, everyone. My name is Pastor Jose Martinez. I am the pastor here at the Resurrection Center. Today, we want to invite you and your family to be a part of what God is doing here in the city of Springfield and the beautiful section of Indian Orchard. For more information about our ministries, please log on to our website, www.resurrectionspringfield.org, or you could follow us on all social media platforms at TRC413. We love you, and I hope that you are blessed and encouraged with the word that God has given me. Uh, For the last couple of weeks, the Lord has placed in my spirit to teach a series called The Four Spiritual Weapons. We talked about praise, we talked about worship, we talked about prayer, and today we're going to be speaking about intercession. It is very important that you understand what these weapons are because it can help you to take advantage of what God has in store for you here on planet earth. But in order for you to be successful with the weapons that God has given you, you must learn the weapons. Amen. So let us go into the book of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17 through 18. I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17 through 18. And the Apostle Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, and he says, And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayers and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful this end, that all perseverance and sub and subs. Suspicate, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Suspications in all saints. Father, we thank you for giving us this opportunity to read your word. I thank you, Father, dear God, that no spirit of distraction will distract us. And I thank you, Lord, for bringing my train of thought back. In Jesus' name, we pray this prayer that you all be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Father, we thank you. The Apostle Paul teaches the church in Ephesus how to intercede. And many of us don't have an understanding of what intercession is. So today we're going to give you an understanding of that. We talked about praise, worship, and prayer being weapons of spiritual warfare in more ways than one. But throughout the years, the church has taken those weapons lightly. People pray just to pray. People worship just to worship. And people praise just to praise. People intercede also not knowing that intercession has to do with God's plan for the human race. How do we know God's plan? Through the Holy Spirit revealing it to us. And how does he reveal that to us? By having a relationship. If you don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you don't have a relationship with God. The only way that you can have a relationship with God is through the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I leave, but I will send you the helper. Who's the helper? The Holy Spirit. The greatest teacher on the face of the earth concerning the gospel and the plans of God is the Holy Spirit. Don't take my word for it. Find out for yourself. I commission you today 
to step up your faith by allowing the Holy Spirit to teach you the kingdom of God. Now, when he teaches you the kingdom of God, one of the things that you are going to notice is that most of the things that you are practicing or doing are not of God. That was very challenging for me as a believer, especially when I gave my life to God at a young age, I began to understand that it was God's way, not my way. Now, today's weapon is intercession, and it's one of the fourth weapons that God has given us. Now, intercession means to intercede or to plead for your needs or the needs of others according to the plan of God. Now, intercession goes beyond prayer. Because when you begin to intercede, God reveals to you what you ought to pray for. Many of us have interceded for the wrong cause. Like, for example, right now, many people are not embracing this pandemic. They want things to go back to normal. Forgetting and losing sight that there's a prophetic word that was given by Jesus that the day of trouble was to come. So how can I pray against something that has been prophesied to come? I am supposed to intercede that whatever God wants to be done will take place. We cannot interrupt or interfere with what God has ordained. You catch or get yourself in trouble by doing that. You are to align yourself to what God wants to do. So that means that when you begin to intercede, the first thing you say, Father, I am here. I come before you. Please reveal to me what I am ought to pray for. The needs of me and the needs of others according to your riches glories and mercies in other words everything that you are and everything that you want to be in us let me be aligned for that and not against that so many people today are praying and interceding the opposite they're saying oh, i can't wait lord until you open up the church for the same patterns and behaviors to pick up where you left off with the same attitudes With the same train of thought. It is sad to see people say. I feel at home when I'm at church. But why is it that you don't feel church when you're at home. When you are the church. This is only a physical uh, body. And this is only a building. And we come together here to worship in spirit and truth. Like the spirit of the Lord has revealed to us throughout the Bible. That we are to congregate. And we are to seek him in spirit and truth. And to have fellowship and communion. I get that. But we are the church. When we leave this building, is this just another building? So how is it possible that you're not feeling peace at home? That the manifestation of God is not manifesting itself in your house? Is it because you have lost sight of God? Or is it that you have surrendered to something that you believe is greater than you, like the enemy? The only way that we can defeat the enemy is by knowing who he is. 
And the only way that we know who the enemy is, is by allowing ourselves to be subject to God, who created all things, even the enemy, so that God could give us the insight of what the enemy is up to, so that we can pray and intercede effectively. Now, the things that you need to intercede for are the things that you don't see in your common eye. I know that when we pray, we pray based on what we see and what we know. But there are things right now that are taking place that you are not aware of. Like people being abused in their homes. Or like here in the city of Springfield, when one out of five families goes without food. Imagine if we begin to intercede. And God will bless us so much that we can open up a soup kitchen. And not only feed people physically, but also feed them spiritually. So they no longer are subject to being homeless or the, or, or, or the concept or the misconception understanding that there are victims when in reality they're not. They're sons and daughters. But how can we pray and intercede that way when we're constantly taking prayer for granted and we're praying the same redundant prayers that we pray every day? God bless me. God bless my family. God bless my dog. God bless my cat. God bless my birds. God bless the trees. God bless everyone. And thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. You cannot try to have intimacy with God while flirting with the devil. It doesn't work that way. And when we don't know how to pray or intercede, we become our own worst enemy. Because whatever you cannot see can be killing you. But whatever is exposed to you, you could grab a hold of it. And you can cancel it in the name of Jesus. You can destroy it in the name of Jesus. Amen? Give God a round of applause. Intercession is more than just interceding. It becomes a battleground of spiritual warfare. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 establishes this way. Why the apostle Paul revealed to the church in Ephesus what they were coming up against. And he says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principality, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness and heavenly places. So what the Apostle Paul is making clear to the church and to us through the writing and the interpretation of the Holy Spirit is who, what, why, and where. Now, If you take offense over anything, you are subject to the flesh. Because the Apostle Paul says that we do not wrestle physically. Why are we fighting each other? We're fighting each other because we have no discernment. So we easily get offended and the first thing that comes up is I'm going to hurt this person because they did something to me that I didn't like. Did you know that that person could either be possessed or influenced by demonic forces? The only way that you can determine that is when you're walking in the spirit because the spirit will show you what that person is subject under. And once you receive that information, you are to pray against that. For example, many years ago, there was this kid... Who was running out of control. 
And no one could contain him. No one could say anything to him because the kid overpowered. He was speaking foul and an unusual behavior. And for a minute, I happened to look him in the eyes when I walked into the scene. And his eyes locked with my eyes. And I began to discern that he was under a demonic oppression. So in my mind, I began to intercede. And I looked at the kid in his eye and said, I rebuke you. And I set you free. And all of us assigned, the boy got quiet. And he sat down. And everyone that was around me was at all. They were like, what just took place? What just happened? They had no idea. Then in the spiritual realm, I canceled that behavior. Because God gave me authority. As long as I'm walking and obeying by what God has called me to do, I have access and I have rights. Many of you don't have access and rights because you have neglected them. And when you neglect the spiritual responsibility that God has commanded to you by seeking Him in spirit and truth, then you yourself become a victim of that environment. That's why it's very important that you understand that the enemy only gets from you whatever comes out of your mouth and whatever your actions are. Because the enemy cannot read your mind. The enemy can send thoughts and thoughts produce actions if not checked, right? And based on those actions, there's an indication of what's going on. And what's going on is a result of what's going in. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the enemy will always beat you in that battle as long as you continue to confess all the time that you're hungry, that you're thirsty, that you're angry, that you're upset, that you don't get it. You have to be careful with the words that come out of your mouth because the words out of your mouth will become your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now I have many thoughts that come through my mind. But I bring them under the submission and feet of Jesus Christ. I rebuke that thought. That thought is not of God. Now when you entertain a thought. You give it life. And before you know it. You're going to be eating the fruit of that. You reap what you sow. Many people often. I hear them all the time. It's hard. It's a struggle being a Christian. No it is hard. And it's a struggle being a sinner. Because when you are a sinner, you got to be on top of the game all the time. You got to be on top of your lies. You got to be on top of your deception. You see, when I was a playboy gigolo, I used to have many numbers and many names of many girls. Don't stop the music. I wasn't the only one. Some of y'all got some dirt in that closet. And it was hard for me to keep up. I knew sooner or later I was going to get caught. And every time I got caught, all I did was run. Now that we're Christians, instead of fighting the, 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 the fight, we run away from our calling. Have we yet to know that we are to surrender ourselves to God completely. How do you surrender yourself when you begin to intercede? The other day I was interceding for myself. Asking God to prune, to chisel, 
to mold, to break, to remove everything that doesn't please him. Now, what people want to see from me, because sometimes you subject yourself based on the conditions in terms of others and you become a spiritual slave. Because the moment they don't approve of you, you get frustrated and you give up. Have you ever considered God's approval over you? Why are you considering my approval? Am I God? Am I God? No. I need God as much as you need God. Now, there's a difference in positioning that God has given us levels of authority. Now, I'm a pastor. You respect me because that's a command that God has given you. But the same pastor that's shepherding you, the same pastor that's guiding you, needs to be ministered to. By God, I can't be minister. I can't minister to you if God first doesn't minister me. So when God begins to minister me, He's able to use me. The reason why God hasn't used you to the potential that He wants to, because you won't allow Him to minister to you. God wants to give you a spiritual tune-up. It's okay to cry. It's okay to yell and complain, but it's not going to do you any good. Because after you do all that, God's going to say, are you done yet? Are you done? Let me come in now. David delighted himself in the law of the Lord. Because David understood that the law of the Lord brought structure into his life. Many of us have lost sight of structure. That's why we're constantly struggling. Did you know that the Holy Spirit can reveal something to you new every day? And he also can show you how to operate in it. That's why I don't pray the same way I used to pray. That's why I don't talk the way I used to talk. Things begin to change when I begin to understand that before I get to my destiny, God had to do some work in me. And the Apostle Paul brings the church of Ephesus to a greater level of understanding by addressing the spiritual ram. And the first thing he says, we do not wrestle against flesh. We wrestle against principalities. These principalities, these diabolical beings are constantly plotting and working against you. The advantage that you have is that you know they're there. It'll be a tragedy, you losing sight of your enemy. That's why when I start feeling a certain way, I can discern if it's physical or spiritual. Like, for example, a headache out of nowhere. That's spiritual. I don't care what you say. That is spiritual. Now, if you woke up with a headache, that's different. But there are headaches that are formed in the second heaven and is brought by the oppression of the principality that's there. Now, what are you going to do about it is the question. Are you going to give in to it or you're going to come against it? You have to have boldness and courage to stand up to demons and say, Not today, Satan. Not here. 
Not in this house, not in this car, not in my workplace. I was placed here and God is here with me because the Holy Spirit is going to guide me through this. Is your children giving you a hard time? Your husband, you know that the more you give yourself to God, the more favor he gives you. And the more favor he gives you, it brings access. And you have an access that you can get to places that it would have taken you your whole life to get to. But we don't operate in those levels because we neglect prayer, study, worship, praise, and everything else that the Holy Spirit has revealed to us. The more God reveals to you, the more effective you are. The more effective you are, the easier life gets. Because now you know what you're dealing with. It's hard when you don't know what you're dealing with. Because it takes time and energy trying to figure that out. You sit there for days in, figuring out something. When the Holy Spirit said, I can reveal it to you right now if you allow me to. Can you handle it? Let me show you what's going on in your house. Let me show you what's going on in your workplace. Let me show you, first of all, you have neglected your place. And you have allowed the enemy to creep in. Now the enemy creeps in very subtle. You won't even know he's there. Because if he reveals himself to you, then he can be effective against you. That's why the Apostle Paul encouraged them to search to be watchful at all times. Lord, is this person for me? Is this job for me? Is this house for me? Is this car for me? Is this church for me? Now, if God begins to reveal to you what that is, now you have to subject yourself to that. Are you hearing me? So if God tells you, yeah, this is the church that I want you to be in, now you have to subject yourself to it. But many of us don't like that because we don't like the feel of being confronted. Let me tell you something. Confrontation brings the best out of you. Because it reveals who you are. Your reaction will tell others and tell yourself who you are. You, you, you ever seen yourself come out of character? And when the emotion and everything goes, and the adrenaline, everything dies out, you go, oh, I can't believe that was me. Oh my God, where did that come from? Now, it can reveal something good or something negative. Like something good is addressing what needs to be addressed. Don't feel bad when God gives you the courage to step up and address something that needs to be addressed. Because at times I have felt guilty of addressing things and then the Holy Spirit says to you, how dare you? How dare you think that way? That's why I exposed it to you so you can address it. Now, if you come out in a way that you know is not pleasing to God, then that's an area there that hasn't been checked. Lord, why am I fidgeting and getting all upset during traffic that when they beep the horn, I wanted to beep their heads? Because you can't say nothing else. What are you going to get out of that? Nothing. Because the person who beat the horn at you, you're not wrestling against that person. You're wrestling against an influence or a possession that that person must have inside of them that's irking you so instead of you giving into that you begin to speak 
Or maybe God is keeping you from a car accident. Have you ever thought about that? Or maybe God is delivering you from something. Be careful. Don't lose it all the time. Amen. Now in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17. The apostle Paul says. That, uh, brings up the, hel- the helmet of salvation. What he really means is to protect your mind. Unchecked thoughts produce ungodly behaviors. Unchecked thoughts produce ungodly behaviors. God, why am I thinking about this person that way? Why am I lusting all of a sudden over this person? If you entertain that thought, you will give in to that. And before you know it, yeah, you will have a moment of of pleasure. But there's a consequence that comes with that. And interest on top of that. Interest comes when you know better. They don't give you interest on something that you're not aware of. You have to know what you're signing up for. And what rate do you have? The same currency that we see here on this world operates in the spiritual realm. What you do unto others will be done unto you. So any unchecked thought produces an ungodly behavior. No, God, I'm not going to look that way. I'm not even going to entertain that. I'm not even going to get back to that person. Because I ain't supposed to be speaking to that person. Because me and that person has history and it's not good history. And I know that I want to bring them to you, but I'm too weak right now. So I have somebody, I intercede and pray that you will bring somebody to their life that will bring them to your cross. Not me, because I will bring them down to my knees. Let's be realistic. Temptation will always make you settle for less than what God has for you. God has more for you than what temptation has to offer. The only reason why you give into temptation is because you have yet to check areas in your life or doors that have been a little cracked wide open. They haven't been completely closed. They're just enough open for anything to slither in. That's why when I'm angry and I'm upset about a situation, I check my emotions and my feelings because I don't want them to betray my godly character. So sometimes the best words are not the ones said. I know you want to say a few things to them kids. Trust me. Trust me. And you also want to make a statement while you're holding the shovel. Yes. 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 Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Because I have. Many times. I even thought about digging a hole too. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yes. The devil is a liar. Yep. Yep. And people who were next to me thought the same thing while I was thinking the same thing. But one of us decided not to give in to it. <laughs> because it would have been a double homicide. <laughs> Come on, give God a round of applause, man. You guys are killing me here today, amen. God is good, amen. It feels good to be back in the church, amen. Now the Apostle Paul also talks about the sword. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now understand this, what the Apostle Paul was saying, that whenever something comes up, you put the word of God on it. Now if God has specifically spoken to you, and God has given you a confirmation of something to come, you are to put the word of God, reminding God of his promises. Now if God has set you free from any addiction, right, and temptation comes, you bring the word. No, the word says that I am free and I am healed. I will not give in to this addiction. Because you say in your word that you have delivered me. 
Now the word becomes an action and it becomes living in you. But when you start to twist the word or manipulate the word, well, God, God knows I, I still got a lot of work to do. You know, he, he understands I ain't got it all together. Now you begin to flirt with the devil. It, 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 it's okay to drink that cognac. Until I'm tipsy. It's okay to listen to Nipsey while I'm tipsy. See, y'all don't know. I, I, I know what y'all too. I got Yahoo News. I might not know the lyrics, but I, I, I know the artists. I got to be relevant with the time so that I know what principalities and demonic forces are operating in through these celebrities that are influencing you and your actions to contradict the word of God. Be careful, there's religion in music. And any religion that separates you from the will of God will eventually get you to bow down to the needs of Satan. Whether you like it or not. That's why I got to check my emotions. That's why I got to constantly plead the blood of God over my life. Because if I'm not careful, I'll be a subject to the plans and the schemes and the devices that the enemy uses. Amen? The word of God has to line up in our lives. You cannot live a life contradicting the word of God. If you live a life contradicting the word of God, the word of God will not establish itself in you. In order to establish God's word, we must live a life aligned to that word. But if we contradict that word, we're now engaging in unholy behaviors. For example, if God tells you, I'm going to bless you, my question to you will be, what are you doing to bring that blessing upon you? Or what should you be doing? For example, if God told you, I'm going to give you a house, and you begin to intercede, God, I'm interceding because you have spoken to the man of God or the woman of God, the prophet or the apostle, whoever. And I believe their judgment because they are men and women of God because of their fruits, not their good looks. There's a lot of people uh, 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 going to churches just because the pastors look good. Those is who I call spiritual groupies. Don't come to this church because I look good. Come to this church because there's good fruits in this church. Amen. Don't come to this church because it sounds good. Oh, that pastor, he sounds so good. Oh, my God. Oh, he, he, I have butterflies. Be careful. You could be worshiping the pastor and lose sight of God. Don't worship me because I can't deliver you from anything. I can't even deliver myself. He needs to deliver me. (laughs) I'm just being real. Okay? So we must understand that when we align ourselves to the word of God, we begin to intercede and pray correctly. So we begin to intercede. God, you have given me a promise to me and my family that you will give us a house. What can I do to collaborate with you and walk in obedience with you in fellowship? And God says, you have to budget. Oh, no, no, no. Macy's got a sale this week. You know, I need, I need them Stacy Adams. They're on sale. There goes 40 bucks. Whoa, you know, God, I was on my way home. I know I had to cook, but man, that Kentucky fried chicken, 
my God, I just took a whiff. And I just felt in my spirit that I needed to buy me a bucket. You bought yourself a bucket and you got yourself in a bucket. I'm not, I'm not preaching against Kentucky Fried Chicken or eating out. What I'm preaching is against a budget. If God has promised you something, there has to be an interaction with God that meet in the same ground. If you're not meeting with God in the same place, then you're out of place. God has called us to be good stewards. What a good steward does, he's responsible and accountable. Like I have to give accountability for my actions, especially for the budget of the church. Because God has entrusted in me by bringing his people to his house to give for the vision to be established in the city of Springfield. Now if I decide to take the finances of the church to do whatever I want, God is going to call me accountable. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So I have to come into alignment with what God has given me and I have to be a good steward. And the only way that I can get there is by allowing the Holy Spirit to lead me. And the Holy Spirit will lead you to all truths. And one of the truths that the Holy Spirit will reveal to you is that your life has to align to God's word. Meaning that if God has promised you something, you have to position yourself in a position of blessing. You can't take it for granted. You know, God has promised me a lot, Pastor, but, I, but I'm still smoking. You know, I'm still dealing with the... Well, let's get rid of the smoke. God can deliver you from smoke. If God can deliver the children of Israel from the strong hand of Pharaoh, how much more can he deliver you from smoking cigarettes, pot, drugs? Is God limited? Is God limited? No, you make him limited. Because you compromise him. I know it's hard to give up addictions, but it's possible. If it's going to allow me to live a long, healthy life to see my grandchildren and my great-great-grandchildren, woo! you know I ain't going nowhere anytime soon. Trust me, I just declare that over my life. I'm not going to have only grandchildren, I'm going to have great-grandchildren. And I'm going to look younger than all of them. Amen. Amen! Thank you, Dave. Amen. God is good. Come on, give him a round of applause. intercession draws you close to God. Now, Genesis chapter 18, verse 16 to 33, Abraham begins to plead for Sodom. God has his mind made up. I'm smoking Sodom and Gomorrah because the outcry has come to my presence. Now, I'm going to put judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, God reveals this to Abraham. God didn't smoke the city and caught Abraham by surprise. No, because when you are a friend of God, God can give you the forecast to the future. The reason why some of you don't know the forecast of the future, because you're not friends of God, you're enemies of God, because you're contradicting his word. God said, I will judge you by my word. I will judge you by my word. I will, I will judge you by my word. That means your, his word has to become actions. That means your actions have to become words. Amen. 
So he reveals to Abraham what he's about to do to Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham begins to plead. In other words, he begins to intercede. He's like, Father, please, can you spare the city if there's a righteous, if there's ten in the number? You know the story, right? But check this out. Let's look at closely verse 27. Look at how Abraham answers God. He says, now that I have been so bold to speak to you, Lord. Wow. When I read that, that blew my mind. I want to read that again. Chapter 18, verse 27, Genesis. He says, now that I have been so bold to speak to you, Lord. That I am nothing but ash, dust and ashes. But I want to go back when he says, now that I am so bold. When Abraham heard the voice of God for the first time, God was a stranger to him. When he accepted it, they began to cultivate a what? A relationship. That relationship began to unfold who God is through the spirit of revelation unto Abraham. Where Abraham now says, now I am bold enough to come before you and plead. You see, when you don't know God and you ain't living right, you have hardly no access to his presence. But when you've been living right, And you've been doing everything God has called you to do. And you have been walking on his word and you have not turned aside. And you have not given into temptation, but you've just been walking and believing. Even though it's been tough, it's been hard, you've been going through your struggles, but you're still walking. You're still walking. You're still walking. You have a right. And because Abraham had that relationship with God, he was able to save his nephew, and his family. Even though Lot's wife turned around, but Lot and his two daughters were spared. When you have a relationship with God, God will reveal to you what's coming to your family, what's coming to your friends, what's coming to your neighborhood. And he's giving you the insight so that you can intercede that his mercy will save some of them. Now, God didn't spare the city, but he spared a family. Hello? That's better than nothing. But when you don't know God, you begin to pray redundant prayers. Lord, I'm here. Just like I was last week, praying the same thing. Please help me with this temptation. Have you ever considered to build some courage where you're able to confront the demons that you have been sleeping with and said, God, I am here in front of your presence. I know I haven't been living right and I'm going to name the things that I've been doing. I'm not going to beat it around the bush. I'm going to say it like it is. I've been watching things I'm not supposed to be watching. I've been saying things I'm not supposed to be saying. I've been doing things I'm not supposed to be doing. Here in me, create in me a new heart. That's one of the things that I love about David. That David was bold enough to tell God, create in me a new heart. In other words, what David was saying, take out 
everything that makes me who I am, everything that I assume, everything that I think, everything that I give life to, everything that I entertain, take it out and give me you. Many of us don't want to do that. Why? Because we love what we flirt with. You will always be a side piece to the devil. Continue being a side piece to the devil. Because the devil doesn't want a wife. God wants a wife. He said, I'm coming after my bride, which is the church. That's Bible. The devil wants mistress. I could come when I please and I can go when I please. You want to serve that devil? Continue serving him. Because he, he will always lead you to destruction. Why? Because to him, you're just nothing but a fantasy. But to God, you are everything. I want to serve a God that's interested in everything of me. I don't want to serve a God that just uses me. That's what the devil does. He uses you. And he takes pleasure at your expense. Many of you are aging before your time because you have accepted a lie from the devil. No, 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 no corona. No disease is going to destroy me because I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. Yes, I do have common sense, but I operate as an alien of this world, meaning that my residency is in heaven. So if God says my number is up, today's my day, so be it. God give, God take away, blessed be the name of the Lord. But it's the thought and fear of us giving God areas of our lives that we have entertained for so long. But let me tell you this, church. When God reveals something to you, it's because he's saving you from something. And sometimes we take that lightly. For example, your weakness that you give to or give into will be the sentence of your children. Have you heard people talk? When they refer to people, oh, he's just like his father. A bum. He ain't no good. That family ain't no good. I rebuke the devil. I told my daughter the other day when she turned 18. I said, I know you're turning 18, baby. And legally, you're an adult. But over my dead body, if you think you're going to leave this house, get knocked up, be out in the streets hanging, that ain't happening. I might as well be dead before I allow that to happen. Why? Because not only am I expressing that to her in a physical, I'm also reminding the devil in the spiritual realm that I am going to be the bridge for my children. Stop being a spiritual punk. The devil wants to create havoc over your family. You going to let him walk in and do whatever he wants? Hell no. He could go back to hell with that. I begin to boldly 
Stand at the gap. Stand at the door. Not my house. Not my children. Not my church. I know there's many churches closing, but not the resurrection center because there's a prophetic word that God has given this church and I've been walking right. I've been living right and I've been holding on to that word. So any demon, any spiritual witchcraft, any witch, any warlock, it is cast out of this place and off our children as well. That's how we pray. That's how we intercede. I remember when I was growing up, I used to watch some of these hood movies. You probably watched some of them like Friday, Menace to Society. And I remember in one of the scenes, there was a guy being confronted. He owed someone money. And he said, yo, when you going to pay me my money? And the other guy said to him, whenever I feel like it. He said, oh, really? And then the other guy said, yeah, what you going to do about it? He said, what, you, what, what am I going to do? Took out his gun and blasted him right there. Now, if we were to take that mindset in the spiritual realm and the devil's looking at you and he has your kids and he has your house and then he has the audacity to tell you what you going to do about it. Are you going to stand there like a punk and take it? You see, I'm Spanish. So my mom always taught me how to defend myself. You grab a stick, you have like you grab the, the pots, you grab whatever you need, but you defend yourself. You put some Vaseline in your face so that way they won't grip you and scratch your face. Now back then I had a ponytail, so she's like, you wrap up your hair. We didn't know how to fight, but we made a statement though. I, I had to whip a lot a few people that thought, you know. That I was a punk. I had to fight some people that tried to bully my brother. I remember confronting six of them. And I remember I, I, I was so caught up with my emotions and my feelings at the moment. That I began to start throwing up gang signs even though at the time I wasn't part of a gang. I was like, yup, I'm calling them. I'm calling them. My cousin, they, they in a the gang. They're about, you better let my brother go. I'm, 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 oh, oh, they down with who? Oh, okay. They let him go. I wasn't down with nobody at the time. They just assume, but I started just throwing up gang signs because I knew that some way, somehow those signs gave me power and authority. And even if I was related to a family member that was part of a gang and somebody messed with us, all I had to say, yo, I'm going to call Pookie. You know, Pookie don't play. This is his block. You come in. Oh, I'm his, oh you're his family. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Let me carry your milk. <laughs> you know, because my mom used to send me to the corner store to get some milk. You know, and that's where the bullies used to hang out. I'm just telling you true stories. Now, how much more you that have God, the creator. Come on, guys. Come on. You got the creator right in front of you. Access. He's on your side. He's on your corner. He ain't throwing in the towel. Why are you throwing in the towel? He's encouraging you. He's empowering you. He says, take a hold. You are not fighting. Flesh and blood, you are fighting principalities that want to destroy you. They want to keep you captive. They want to dry up the land. They want to steal your kid's future. Just because I ran away doesn't mean my daughter's going to run away. Heck no. That's not even a thought or an option. I always tell my daughter, I got friends, and my friends got eyes, 
And information gets back to me. So be careful where you at. Because I'm going to find out. And I'm going to bust a spiritual cap. I can't even go nowhere. Can't even do nothing. You're right. You're right. Because only if you know how much I love you. One day you're going to thank me. When you have your kids. And when you come giving me complaint about your kids. My grandchildren. I'm going to say. Sorry baby. But the same way that I fought for you. You're going to fight for your kids. Because that battle doesn't belong to me. That battle belongs to you. I did all my fighting. And I'm fighting the way God has called me to fight. But I'm not taking on your fight. Because the Bible teaches us. That we are responsible. Each as individuals. Not only for our own salvation. But for the cross that God has given us. I close with this. God has promised you and your family. Are you hearing me? The whole house will serve the Lord. The whole house will serve the Lord. God's word is on it. Now you might not agree with what's going on in your family's home, at your friend's house, at your job, or with your children. But there's a word that's going to override what's taking place. Begin to declare it. God, this house belongs to you. My family, they're all going to come here. They're coming. They're coming to church. I'm not giving in to what the enemy has said. That's not the final report. That's not the last word. You have the last word and you're bringing them by all means necessary. Even if you have to bring them through those doors, busted and disgusted, they're going to come in here. They're going to come in here. Whether they have to crawl through that parking lot, they're going to come in here. Whether they're going to fight and they're going to put up words, they're still going to come here because I'm not giving up. Stop being a spiritual punk. We fight for everything. We fight for sales at the mall. We fight when people uh, try to lure us into or scheme us. We fight for things that are unnecessary to fight for. We fight for stupidness. But we allow the enemy to havoc and mayhem in our lives. And then we tell God, please have your way, Lord. You know this cross. These kids is driving me nuts. Get up. Get up. Get up. When you get up, God shows up. When you get up, God shows up. When you get up, God shows up. Start restoring your house and say, no, at a certain time of the day, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. The TV is going to go off. Why? Because I pay the bills. You don't like it too bad. You're subject to this. We're going to pray. We're going to intercede. We're going to fast. We're going to get into the word. Because there's a breakthrough that has to take place. So in order we can see our promises that God has given us come to fulfillment. Stop giving in to the enemy. I don't know about you, but I'm fired up today. I'm fired up. I had it. I had it with the devil. I had it. I had it. I feel like that guy in that movie being told, what you going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? You watch me. You watch. You watch. There was fights that I avoided in school by looking at people in their eyes and saying, don't mess with me. Don't mess with me. You don't know who I'm down with. You don't know who I belong to. And I got a way avoiding a lot of fights 
by just claiming that I was part of something that I wasn't. And now that I'm a child of God and I have an identity, now I'm going to sit like a spiritual punk in the corner. These kids, this job, these neighbors, oh my God, God, when, when, when? And then we put that stupid music that only feeds to your feelings and your emotions. Oh, I'm struggling. I'm going through this and I'm going through that. And God knows and God... For real? For real? That doesn't sound like a conqueror. That sounds like a wimp. When I was in the world, I wasn't very liked by many. And I didn't have good relationships with girls. But I discovered something along the way. That I, if I was consistent at being me, people were going to respect me. People will respect your consistency. They might not like what you do and how you do it, but they will respect your consistency because they'll say, nah, I ain't messing with Pastor Jose like that. Nah, nah, nah. He, nah, nah, I can't fool around like that. He's consistent. But when you're inconsistent, people take advantage of you. That's why your kids and your family and your friends don't believe in God because you're constantly being inconsistent. You're late. You have no word. Your word is not valid because you don't keep up with your word. You're not transparent. And, and, and that all works against you, not for you. People will take you serious when you take yourself serious. And God will give you the boldness to confront those who are coming against you. And you don't have to say much. To get your point across. The spirit of the Lord will bring conviction. That when people cheat you. Of money they'll come in and say. You know uh, this belongs to you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for thinking that way. I, I, I'm sorry. You don't have to sit there and consult with them. What made them do it. You know what made them do it. You know why. They're, they're coming back to you. And they're asking you for forgiveness. Because the Holy Spirit did something that you cannot do. And that's bring conviction to the heart. Stand church. Today we're going to declare. Today we're going to intercede. We're going to stand in our ground. And I want my intercessors to grab their flags. For those who are watching, thank you for tuning in. God bless you. You're going to be hearing good news pretty soon. The churches are open. Starting next Sunday, we're going to open up our churches to the public. It's at 40%, so that means 50 of you can attend. First come, first serve. For more information, log on to our website www.resurrectionspringfield.org or log into any of our platforms on social media at TRC413. God bless you. We love you.